0: Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Gaffcast with me, Darren Gaffney. What's the crack? How are you all doing? I hope you're all doing unreal. Um, it's been a pretty standard week for the times uh, we're living in since I last spoke to you all. Easter happened though, so Happy Easter! I hope the Easter bunny swung by and dropped off one of the eggs that it lays, even though it's a rabbit. I think that's the story anyway of the Easter Bunny. Um, yeah, a bunny comes by and delivers a few eggs. I never really bothered to find out too much about it. Like, the Easter Bunny seems to be far more popular in Ireland now than back when I was a wee nipper. Like, it didn't really seem too much of a thing back then. Not in my gaff, anyway. And when it came to the Easter egg, I always uh, was more of a Nestle kind of guy. I know there's people out there, that say there's no difference between a Cadbury's and a Nestle egg, which I would have to disagree. Like, I'd eat a, nest, a Cadbury's egg, no bother at all. But if I had a choice now, it'd be a Nestle all day. I used to love just getting the egg and just smacking it off my head. Uh, I was never one of those people who got a knife and cut it into, like, two neat little halves. Yeah, i just get the the egg and bury it bury it off my noggin. Um, was kind of... It was kind of therapeutic, I would say. <clears throat> I didn't get an egg this year. It seems I have outgrown the bunny. Um, might set a few traps and catch it and see what the crack is there. But I did get a hard-boiled egg, which I think is like an old-school Irish thing at Easter. Um, I think so anyway. So yeah, that was that. Hope he's all had a lovely Easter. Um, it's been a pretty standard week gone by for these COVID times, with plenty of news scandals and shenanigans. So let's kick off the GaffCast coverage of current affairs with a recap of some of this week's main news headlines. Another COVID scandal this week on the island of Ireland. (laughs) Yeah, more COVID scandals, this time involving boob jobs. So the two women who went over to Dubai get plastic surgery and then came back and refused to do the mandatory fourteen day hotel quarantine. Yeah, the UAE is on the list of the category two countries. So like you're meant to do the quarantine when you get back. But they were like, nah, not doing it. Um it costs like two grand as well to do that quarantine. So obviously the government are trying to deter people from going on non essential trips. Um I don't even know if they got the boob jobs. Of course, the boob jobs in themselves are absolutely essential. There's no questions there. It's just um, refusing to do the the quarantine is the issue. Um, but like their names and addresses were plastered all over the the newspapers, which um, is hardly necessary. But yeah, the newspapers are just gonna they want to sell papers, like so it makes for a juicy story. So yeah, but um, yeah, it was funny as well because uh, the solicitor for the girls uh, was like talking to the judge and he was like "Yeah, so my clients went abroad for breast enhancement or modification and the judge replied uh, colloquially referred to as a boob job <laughs> which would have been funny uh, to be there to witness that but uh, yeah they're going to be up on court on the 9th of April and it'll be interesting to see how this one goes because they're saying that it's uh, unconstitutional to force them into the, the quarantine and they have like children at home so yeah it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out And yet another vaccination scandal this week. It's actually getting embarrassing now. (laughs) Structured is not what this rollout seems to be. So yeah, a consultant in the Coombe Hospital brought home some leftover vaccines and gave them to two family members off-site. And then altogether, there was like 16 family members of the hospital staff vaccinated when they shouldn't have been. And yeah, I... It's strange too because the consultant's name wasn't given, but like the two girls from earlier, their names and addresses were all plastered all over the paper. Um, which you would think this type of behavior is just as damaging, like to the overall COVID strategy of the country. But uh, yeah, like <laughs> there's going to be have to be some sort of a new system developed for dishing out these vaccines because so far it just seems ways. Like <laughs> I know it's going good in places, like but uh, stories like this, stories like this are just going to keep uh, creeping up. Um, Or just start the nationwide vaccine hunger games and let the games begin. In international news, on Saturday in Egypt, they moved 22 mummies of ancient Egyptian kings and queens from one museum to a new one. Uh, The procession, or I think it was called the Pharaoh's Golden Parade, uh, was planned for months in advance and was um, like a five kilometre journey through Cairo with loads of festivities and celebrations. I think you could watch it on the old TV box. Um, but the mummies, yeah, discovered back in 1881 by Indiana Jones. And <laughs> I always wonder what a mummy would look like. Like, does it just look grand? Or is it, yeah, I don't know, it just could be a bit weird. Covered in Tylorol. That's the way they used to have it in the cartoons. They were brought, so all the mummies were like brought uh, down the road. And they are brought in these like little... Cars, these mad looking yokes and uh, they had like a special suspension and these nitrogen filled casket things uh, to protect the mummies and they even had the roads like freshly paved uh, to make for a smooth journey for the mummies because uh, yeah the mummies are dead but yeah they don't want them falling apart and shite so like in fairness as well like after all the shite that's after happening in the last year and a bit or whatever and Egypt has to go and start moving pharaohs around. Like, come on now. <laughs> like, them pharaohs are dodgy cons, And now all them courses are just going to be whipped up, like. Yeah, because this team was planned for months in advance and all the weeks previous they were getting set up to be able to move the uh, mummies. So maybe they're sending out a few warnings. Um, like, why do you think that ship got stuck in the canal there last week? And last week as well, in Egypt, there was a train crash. And a load of people died and a building collapsed in Cairo, killed like 18 people. So that's them fucking mummies, hey. Just leave them where they are. And I seen in 1980, the president of Egypt actually wanted to rebury all them mummies because he was like, I don't trust them. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's the exact words he said. And uh, yeah, but they, they haven't. So now the mummies are on the go again and they've been fucking moved around. So if any more funky shite starts happening, I'm blaming Egypt. And on last week's episode, I said that I doubted that the Suez Canal was dug out with a shovel. And I've since been informed that a large part of it actually was. Yes, I didn't take the old slavery into account when I made that statement. Um, Of course, the Great Wall of China, another amazing human-made structure, also built with the help of slaves. Yes, the age-old institution of slavery, not great crack for those involved. And actually, on that, when I was like looking up about like the Suez Canal and like the slavery involved and stuff, I was like checking out the. And it's not one of the Seven Wonders of the World, but um, the Great Wall of China is. And I was looking them up, like, and like are they always changing all the time, or what's the story? Because like, does the ancient Seven Wonders of the World, and then does the new Seven Wonders of the World? The new ones, I think, have changed a few times. And at the minute, they're, it's the Chichen Itza and Christ the Redeemer, the Great Wall of China, Machu Picchu, Petra, the Taj Mahal and the Coliseum. Like, I'd say there was a fair bit of slavery involved in building them. So, like, I don't know if there's much wonder there. Like, if you're just, like, baiting someone to build it for you. Like, it's not very wonder. It's Not much wonder, like. Like, give me a load of slaves and I'll build some wonder for you and, but like you know what I mean like um, I don't know maybe there's some other criteria involved but yeah like there's still uh, amazing structures and stuff and uh, a good bit of engineering involved but like if you have a load of slaves and you're just baiting them and like whipping them um, you'd probably build a, a fair amount of stuff yeah, so I should probably just stop talking shite about the 700s of the world here. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, so now I'm going to move on to ghost stories. Irish people love a good ghost story. They're all into the fairies and the spirits and all that kind of crack. Like, even have the banshee there, which used to absolutely scare the shite out of me when I was younger. But someone was like to me during the week, do you believe in ghosts? And I was like, "Jizz, I don't know how... Hey, and uh, well, yeah, I used to be told this story when I was younger uh, about my granddad. So years ago, and he used to have uh, these neighbours who were a strange enough clientele; they were a bit spooky. And they, they lived like three fields down the way, so you could see their house like through the hedges. It was a it was one of them real frosty nights, and uh, with the full moon. And, you know, <laughs> them nights when it's real frosty, so it's like really quiet and you can hear like everything from, from anywhere. You can hear the echo like it was one of them nights. So he heard this screaming and roaring coming from outside his house. And he was like, what the fuck is going on? So he went outside and looked over and the neighbor's house was up in flames and he could hear all this panic and pandemonium and screaming and stuff. So he was like, fuck. So he started legging it over to the house to help like. And while he was legging it, you have to go around this big hedge and the house was kind of like out of sight and stuff when he was coming around it. And when he got there, it was grand. There was no no fire at all. and Everyone was just in bed asleep. (laughs) And uh, another time with the same house, uh, there was a few neighbours around in that house playing cards. And a week before, one of the one of the lads in the house was supposed to be after dying. And they're all playing cards anyway. And then the door opened, and this lad, who was supposed to have died and been buried a week before, just walked through the through the room and out through the other door. <laughs> so apparently it was a ghost. And, um, yeah, I don't know how much potching was being drank back in those days. Uh, I'd say there was a, a serious bit of hallucinating going on back <laughs> on that stuff. But, uh, yeah, that was... That was uh, them few ghost stories. But I had one ghostly encounter in my life. And I was back years ago. I was probably about uh, 10. And I was in my cousin's house out in the country. And uh, we were playing the PlayStation. And uh, we were probably playing like a bit of WWE or something. Or WWF. Whatever it was at the time. And uh, so we're there playing away. uh, Concentrating on the game. And... uh, Next thing we hear this, this kind of moaning and and groaning coming from outside, and it, it's really late, like like one o'clock at night, uh not a sinner around, and it's pitch black. So we're kind of like, what is that noise? So we turn off the PlayStation, and uh, you can still hear it. It's like a kind of a screechy kind of groan, and they were like, "Fuck!" Like there's something outside. And I'm there thinking, this is the banshee. Like this is, this is the banshee outside. It has to be. <laughs> so we get we get armed. So we get like a brush handle and a pan, and uh, we creep out the the back door and walk around the side of the house. And it's just coming from like down the garden at the front uh, behind the hedge. So we creep down slowly, and you can still hear this groaning, right? So we're kind of like going slowly enough, kinda of like cautious. So we get up to it and it looks you can see the shadow just behind the hedge. So it looks like whatever it is, it's like crouching down, kinda of sitting on a rock or something. So I'm like, this is this is the Banshee, it's sitting here on this rock, crying. So I'm freaking out inside and my heart is going 90. So he's like right wait there. And he goes creeping over for her because it's still behind the hedge they figure and then there's a big branch and he pulls it away and it's just some lad there sitting taking a shite on the way home from the pub so (laughs) that was a there was no ghost at all and it wasn't a banshee so yeah that was a my ghostly encounter (laughs) and what an encounter it was And now it is time for movie of the week. So for the movie this week, there was a few people in the house and I was put in charge of picking a movie. So like, if I'm not sure what film to put on, sometimes I go back and just look at the Oscars uh, for best picture and not like pick the winner, but like even just look at the nominations because sometimes the movies there are actually better than the ones that won. But I seen in 2018 a film that I actually meant to watch. ages ago and I, I had read it, like a lot about it and seen that it was like, supposed to be decent and it's called Vice and um, it was about Dick Cheney the US Vice President under Bush and you know when you put on a movie right and you know from the first scene that it's gonna be shite like that was so bad it was such a bad film and I put it on and I was there like cause you know when you put on a film like you're your ego is on the line. Like, like um, You're the one that picked it. You're supplying the entertainment for the evening. So if it turns out to be shit, then it's all on you. So I put it on and I'm pretty confident that this movie will be a solid. And as the movie progresses, I'm like, oh no, this is a stinker. <laughs> it was so bad. And no one's really saying nothing because like, I've built it up so much that they obviously think it's it's going to get better. And I'm there, like, sitting there, sweating on the chair, like, knowing as every scene goes on, and it just gets worse and worse, that my reputation becomes increasingly under threat. And I'm thinking, oh, God. And, like, Christian Bale is in it, and he's playing Dick Cheney. And, like, it actually has potential to be a really good film because people, like, Dick Cheney's, like, supposedly one of the most powerful U.S. vice presidents ever. Like, he was one of the main reasons uh, for the war in Iraq. And, like, no one knows that much about him because he's kind of a, a quiet kind of character. So, like, it has lots of potential. And Christian Bale is playing him and he's in a suit and he looks like he's about to explode out of the suit. Like, it's ridiculous. Um, Like, it's not that, like, Dick Cheney was a bit fat, but, like, the suit is, like, really small for some reason. It looks like he's, like, stuffed with straw. Like, he actually looks, <laughs> it's Christian Bale, but he looks like a bale of silage. Like, he's wrapped in the suit. And every scene that he comes into with that suit in him I'm like oh my god like why who like made this shit film and it's getting it's just getting worse and worse as it goes on and every now and then it like flicks to this lad I only know him he's in he's in Breaking Bad and he's an actor in that I can't actually he's actually decent but he's there narrating and like it's like you've never been introduced to him before it's like who is this lad and he's he's there narrating on the film about Dick Cheney, and he's like some random lad that you never—it's like never explaining what the crack is there. Like why is he why is he narrating? And then it just flicked to like some random uh, like nature scene with like a tiger like hunting down a feckin' zebra or something. It's like this movie is shit. I don't know what the crack. And I, I was there, right? So it's just getting worse. So you know, like I just. I just took the bullet and I stood up and I said look this film is shite and I I stood in front of the telly and I said it and I was like okay this is all my fault um I'm turning it off I'm turning it off I can't take it anymore so I just accepted it and it was it was all it was all my doing and I was the one that had stood by it and, and praised it so much so like in fairness to me I was mature and I I took I took all the criticism on board. <laughs> but like how like how that film got nominated for, for an Oscar, I actually don't have a clue. Like it's fucking so bad. Like Yeah, so like that's the thing um with picking the picking from the nomination to the Oscars. It's like it's Russian roulette. You don't know what you're gonna get. <laughs> and I got an absolute stinker with that one. But I, I'd actually thought it was gonna be decent. Like, um not a great film. I'd probably give it like a four out of ten. I don't know if there's anyone out there that actually liked that film. I just thought I just thought it was such a letdown because it has potential to be like really good and it was just it was a bucket full of slop. So that is all for this week folks. I'd like to thank you for tuning in. And please don't forget to subscribe and spread the word in the name of the Gaffcast. You can also find a podcast on Instagram at the Gaffcast. I hope you have a very happy rest of your Easter and I'll chat to all again next week. Good luck.